big beat manifesto goes, big beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. Listen, love, just a little tip, all right? You're on the edge now, and you need to pick the right way. Because one way's heaven, and the other... Well, probably best not to think about that right now, but it's fucking horrible, yeah? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the L Dude Brothers podcast, episode 15, Mugging. My name is Sean, and I'm a hunk of monk. And my name's Laura, and I'm a lump of monk. So, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Uh, have you been watching anything new on TV this week? Yeah, so I um, I've just watched the new Sam Bain um, comedy. I mean, it's sort of a comedy drama that's on iPlayer called Ill Behaviour. Um, and I really enjoyed it. All three episodes uh, went up onto iPlayer last week. And I watched them all in one go. Um, and it's a comedy about cancer, which doesn't sound very funny, but actually is very funny. What did Phil think of it? Um, he He wasn't as enthused as I was. He wasn't completely watching he was a little bit playing on his phone and a little bit not concentrating and by the time he sort of concentrated he was like okay i think i've missed the thread of this like who's he what's he doing so (laughs) i think it was more that he hadn't quite been paying attention but he didn't watch all of it with me but i did watch the whole three hours and i really liked it oh that's good have you had a chance to watch it um i so i used a region blocker to try to watch or a region changer i should say to try to watch iplayer and i got about 15 minutes of the first episode or so i i really have not really had a lot of time with everything that went on with (laughs) with the nightmare editing experience that was magician yeah yeah Yeah, with everything that happened with magicians uh, unfortunately i have not really had a chance to catch up to ill behavior the first 15 minutes or so of it that i watched i really did enjoy though it's definitely worth a watch it's um like it's not you know it's not peep show and it's not gonna change the world i don't think of comedy but for the sort of three hour little story it is it's a good story it's got some interesting questions it raises about cancer and friendship and and stuff and it's it's definitely worth your time so when you get some time hopefully this week won't be such an interesting nightmare although i'm not sure <laughs> but if it's if it's not <laughs> then sit down and watch it what about you have you been watching anything this week just the wonderful show that you recommended this country very very funny show yeah that's it's um that's a great show we really enjoyed that when it came out um have you watched it all yeah yeah i finished all six episodes of it i really really enjoyed it a lot did you have a particular episode that was your favorite uh i really enjoyed king of the nerds where curtain goes and playing warhammer 40k with his friends and all that stuff yeah yeah hold on a second laura hello hi yeah that there was a great line in that i think where uh kerry said something like when i see them together i think there might be another columbine and that really made me laugh. like you shouldn't be laughing at that but that really made me laugh and oh. <laughs> particularly as curtain is like 30 as well so and they're like 12 yes that was very funny i also really enjoyed the episode where Carrie gets the tattoo and she's talking about big marge and she's like Big, the, Mandy. Big, Big Mandy. Big Mandy. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, we're the same levels of hard. We're the <laughs> Undertaker and Kane. We have oh. the same powers. We just don't fight against each other. Yeah, I needed uh, that joke explaining to me. So, <laughs> but once I understood it, it made me laugh a lot. 
uh the just the fact that she had an undertaker poster in her bedroom i was like this is great yeah i really enjoy when kerry's talking about how hard she is and she says that people sort of when they're driving through the village they speed up to get past the village so they don't <laughs> so they don't encounter her <laughs> that really made me laugh um i think i enjoyed the episode with the dad most when he was peeping on the uh the women from his caravan that was that was my favorite one so about an hour ago we were having the same conversation what did we decide <laughs> that the girl's name was uh, kaylee kaylee yeah yeah, Kaylee is super funny in that episode where yeah, both Curtin and Slug are both hitting on her and she's just like she's just like, What's what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't think she likes either of them, but she knows that she's got no choice in the village but to choose one of them. So yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great show. And um Charlie Cooper is really funny on Twitter. We're following him on our Twitter account. I don't know if you've had a chance to sit down and like look at his tweets, but they are brilliant. Oh, he's he's Len, correct? No, Charlie Cooper is um is Curtin. Oh, okay. No, no, I haven't. I'll I'll have to read his tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause... I know that Len. I know that you've been uh, active with Len on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, he was funny. He's brilliant when he tells them off for singing about their dead teacher. That's the brilliant <laughs> bit. <laughs> Yes, that's that was really funny. Uh, also, leftovers. Leftovers is really good. Got Johnson in it. If yes. you watch season one, just give season one a chance. Season two and three are really good. Westworld, excellent. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, Westworld. we. Oh, I'm really enjoying leftovers. Got Johnson in it, like you say. And yes, you have recommended uh, the yeah Western to me. So I'm gonna look at that too. Okay. All right. So <laughs> enough of the small talk. <laughs> Into so the big talk. We just we just have spent the last 45 minutes recording and when we stopped to check the quality of the recording, it was just essentially unusable. Basically, I think what we've discovered is that your broadband is much better than my broadband and when we just broke to for you to feed your cat and for me to go for a wee i shouted down to my husband what had happened and he said but we've got fiber optic broadband and i said well it's obviously not very good is it <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be on the phone to virgin media first thing tomorrow <laughs> yeah what's the what's the name of that crazy ceo of virgin uh richard branson yeah yeah you need to get richard branson like yeah maybe like, we hey. should tweet him and be like look you've just wasted I an know. hour of my time yeah that's i know we need good we need good internet like they have in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. How bizarre is it that Kansas has got... You think... You, if you heard that London had worse internet than Kansas, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> wouldn't believe it. But there you go. He would, he would probably skydive out of a virgin plane right into your house to investigate <laughs> himself. Yeah, he wants to. He wants to. That's, I'm, I'm going to get onto him. I'm going to tweet him. <laughs> so we're going to get into the episode proper. Yeah. Um, there's only one deleted scene in this episode and it's this kind of opening scene with Jeremy at Michelle's apartment. Michelle is a character we don't know and we're in an apartment we don't recognize. So it was, I don't know. I kind of thought it was a little disorienting at, at first. Yeah. I mean, obviously I watched it differently from you. So I watched it um, when it like after a year of no peep show. So I guess that I'd kind of not forgotten, but like it wasn't as disorientating for me. I, I imagine if you were watching it all in one go, you'd be like, fuck is this who's she where are we so yeah i can see that from like a binge watching perspective this is confusing yeah jeremy is just he's trying to plunge the sink she's telling him he's got to plunge harder because it's compacted grease um it's just kind of a it's kind of a weird 
It's kind of a weird scene. Yeah, in I think general. I thought initially um, that she he was maybe like a handyman or something. Like that was my his voiceover is that he then says something, doesn't he? Like you've got to end this shitty relationship. The love of your life's coming back tomorrow. But you know, like initially seeing that, I think I thought, oh, Jez has got himself a job as a handyman because it doesn't seem like a romantic relationship. It seems like he's plunging a sink because he has to. Yeah, and we... That's a good point, that's a good point. And we meet Michelle, and Michelle is kind of a amalgam character of Tony and Nancy. Um, Tony, who's played by Elizabeth Marmer, and Nancy, who's played by Rachel Blanchard, um, both those actresses did not sign on for season three of Peep Show, so it kind of necessitated some changes in the script. One being... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jeremy gets a new girlfriend yes. that we never see. That we or never hear see from again. again. She's just there, but apparently he's trying to dump her. By he's trying to dump her, isn't he? In this scene, so he's sort of thinking about all the ways he's going to maybe try and dump her, and she's having none of it. Yeah, I like when he's like, "I like you loads and loads," but also maybe we could not see each other anymore. <laughs> and she says something like, "How would that work?" And he's like, "I could not call you, and we could not see each other." <laughs> Yeah, and Michelle is just not really getting that Jeremy is trying to break up with her here. She just keeps kind of pretending, or I guess not even really pretending, because she doesn't really have to pretend, because everything is normal for her. Yeah, um, and she's obviously a bit of a, like, I, I don't want to say she's a sociopath, but maybe she's a bit, because she's not, she's not getting it, is she? Like, he's being quite obvious that he's not into it, doesn't really like her, and she's just not seeing it. But then she says something like, you know how we have an amazing time in bed together. And I thought here, do they have an amazing time in bed together? Like, Jez nods, but I thought, is that just because Jez thinks he's amazing in bed? Is it actually <laughs> anything to do with their, like, is this really that great a sexual liaison that they're having? But the way Jez nods made me think, oh, okay, yeah, Jez just thinks he's always good in bed. I hadn't thought about it that from that perspective, yeah. but I just imagine that Jeremy is one of those people who's just like naturally well actually now that i've been thinking about it he probably isn't that good at sex no i bet he's not and like every time we ever see i know obviously like it's a comedy show so they're not gonna be you're not gonna be seeing like you know sort of sexual aerobics but it never looks that inspiring whenever we see him with a woman he never seems to be that into it so and, and when he's with more like domineering women like they've really kind of put him in his place yeah absolutely so yeah i think that might just be jez's delusion that he's like a sex god i don't think that's actually true but michelle says that she wants to take their relationship up to the next level and she wants to walk uh, uh, god damn it she wants to take the relationship to the next level and she wants to act out jeremy's wildest fantasy yeah which and... he says is a threesome which I thought was a pretty, uh, and of course Michelle says it too, that it's a pretty, like, vanilla, that's a pretty vanilla, you know. Yeah, it's like, I thought at this point, maybe it's just like, the life I was living, I was at university, but they were like the bread and butter of the noughties, everyone was having them, everyone was talking about them, everyone I knew was like, the, all the, the boys I knew who were, you know, chancers were always trying to get girls involved in threesomes, like, this isn't the... This was not the last days of Rome that sort of Jez was kind of making out. And I was surprised that Jez would think it was, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was funny to me because after all the crazy stuff he did with Nancy, 
his wildest fantasy is having a threesome. Yeah, okay. I, I don't buy Whatever. it really. Yeah, but that's his his dirtiest fantasy apparently. And she says, "Let's do it. It's it's vanilla." And he seems to be powerless to now break up with her. I know. And then uh, I this next, I think this is the deleted part right here where she um she gets up on the the washing machine. <laughs> and she just tells Jeremy to eat her and yeah. she starts to kind of take off her pants and Jeremy's just like okay uh, I tried <laughs> I tried to finish it she is one step ahead a threesome I mean I'm only a disgusting human for god's sakes and then he kind of wipes the grease off of his hands and then um gets on with it yeah well we see him start gets... to get on with it yeah 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 um what was interesting was I don't really feel like they trimmed a lot of this scene out. Um, no, I, I got the feeling they sort of just trimmed the flab because the only thing that those extra bits added were what a nightmare Michelle is. And we already know she's a nightmare. We always already know she's sexually aggressive. So there was no kind of need to keep them in. Mm -hmm. That was my understanding of it anyway. But there were some funny bits in the deleted bits. And um, I really laughed at where she uh jeremy says something about how you you wake me up at two in the morning and make me put my clothes back on and tell me to fuck <laughs> off where I'm from and, yeah. and i thought oh that was quite funny that showed her to be a proper lunatic and the the bit with the with her saying that eat me on the washing machine was was also quite funny so it's a bit of a yeah, shame they like cut how, those out yeah i like how her justification is I, I like how her justification for telling jeremy to fuck off is i always call you before you re you reach the corner store <laughs> Like, oh, okay, she's not... She she loves him really. She says it in a really sweet voice as well, doesn't she? Yeah, she's like, but I always call you before you reach the corner store. <laughs> and then, of course, Jeremy's only response is, well, you know, just for one night, I'd like a full night of sleep. <laughs> yeah. But this scene is essentially... Um, it's just it's just a few flabby bits are cut out. It, it's pretty much the same in the actual episode that aired. Mm-hmm. Um, next scene, we get kind of the start of Mark's story, which we have him and he's kind of walking down the tunnel and or he's in, yeah, kind he's of, in a, um... we call that subway. He's in a subway. Oh, okay. So what do you call a, a subway then? Like a subway train? Uh, the tube. The tube? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, the tube and that's a subway. So. Oh, okay. So Mark is walking through the subway and he's got you know, bags of groceries in his hands, and he's just like, tonight's the night. Sophie's actually coming over for some work. <laughs> I don't think there'll be much work except sex work. Don't think of it like work. Fish pie, then, or excuse me, fish pie, then missionary sex, and maybe news night afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> I put in my notes that I would dump this guy. That's like, the, especially considering this is like the big night, this is the first night. That's the most boring first date I can imagine, but that's what he's got in mind for Sophie, the lucky lady. Yeah, and then as he kind of as he kind of turns around to get into the subway, uh, there's these kind of two I don't know teens muggers, I guess borrowers, yeah, depending then, on how you want to look at it. Yeah, and they're not very old, are they? They're sort of I don't know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. They're not. They're sort of teenagers, and they're they're not particularly scary looking. <laughs> no and and they're like hey hey lend us your phone mate and mark is just kind of like 
oh man mark is just kind of like transfixed at that point yeah he just he should like he should say no or run or something but he just sort of doesn't act at all no no and he's like oh i'm a i'm afraid i can't let you borrow my phone neither a borrower nor a lender be <laughs> and i really laughed at what a shit phone this was that was like that he's really worried about and is such a valued commodity and belongs to his office and it was like oh that is that is an absolute piece of shit i know the uh, i think that in um the season two premiere i talked a lot about the palm pilot that he had that, yeah, he, was, yeah, that yeah. he was checking sophie's email on and this is just kind of another example in this show of like wildly out-of-date tech that at the time was probably hot shit yeah i mean I, I bet that was worth a lot of money like i bet it genuinely was a valuable commodity but looking at it now it's just it's a shocking shocking piece of equipment <laughs> we have a guest we have a guest in the room with i can hear you cat yeah <laughs> okay hold on a second come on for some sometimes he just he wants he likes to jump on things and sometimes he just stares up endlessly <laughs> and wants you to pick him up and put him places that sounds like sadie <laughs> even though <laughs> this is original content right here yeah. <laughs> um but then the teens kind of they're like what do you think we're a couple of shit houses and mark's like no, no, never God, say no. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, go. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. And then they just say, "Give us your phone. Give us your wallet. Go on before we fucking do you." And Mark is just, you know, like, "Do me? Are they gonna rape me or kill me? If they rape and kill me, I hope they kill me first. I sort of win." <laughs> <laughs> and this really made me laugh as well because I clearly come from a much rougher neck of the woods than Mark because I did understand do you to mean fight you and it made me laugh that his first thought was that he was going to get raped <laughs> um there's uh, that's one of my like that's one of my favorite kind of markisms what was the other episode where oh a uh, university challenge when he's like oh i don't mean date rape <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's clearly fixated with rape in a way that is unusual i would say for a a man but or, or anyone really but it seems unlikely that <laughs> as many people want to make rape mark as mark thinks want to rape him yeah and then as he hands over the phone in his wallet they just kind of like look through his wallet and they're like you got anything else mate <laughs> and he's like i've got a travel card and like, and that we'll did make that me too. absolutely cringe actually because um it's not the case now in london because you can use your, your like bank card on the tube but you used to have to buy like a travel card um, in one go and they were worth a fortune. And they were like, if you bought a year's travel card, they were like two grand. They were hugely expensive. And obviously if you lost it, it was just a bit of paper. You were fucked. And I knew people working in the city who got drunk and left their two grand travel card on the circle line. And I did think, oh my God, I hope that's not a year's travel card that Mark's just handed over. <laughs> I didn't, I just assumed that a travel card was, yeah, like, for a bus or something you know it's weird that we never see mark on the tube yeah but croydon doesn't have a tube it's only got a it's got a oh. um it's got a tram so weirdly it's the only bit of london that's got a tram so that's why that bit of london isn't served by the tube oh well 
That's a... That is a genuine fact right there. That is an L Dude Brothers podcast (laughs) original (laughs) London fact right there. Yeah, so... But we don't ever see him on the tram, though. So that, you know... (laughs) But no, we only ever see him on the bus, don't we? Yep, that we only see him on the bus. Mm. Um, The teens kind of at this point just kind of tell him to piss off. And um, Mark starts to kind of run and kind of flee down the the tunnel and they're like faster <laughs> faster and then he thinks the victim flees oh this really leaves a sour taste which is a very funny line yeah um so here we are yay original content <laughs> yay back at apollo house jeremy is cooking dinner it was something i don't know <laughs> yeah he, he needs parsley but that could be pretty much any dish i it looked like a kind of marinara sauce with chicken yeah. in one pan yeah, and or in one bowl, but then in the other, or I guess pot. And then in the other pot, he has like more marinara sauce going. Like, Yeah, who, who even knows? Knowing Jez could be anything. And then Mark walks into the kitchen and he just kind of looks like very beaten and defeated. Yeah, he looks, yeah, defeated. That's a good word. He kind of plops down in the chair and then Jeremy just kind of starts talking to him. Um, we'll just go ahead and play this scene here. Hey, Mark. You alright? Uh, no need to tell him what happened. Just button up, like the 40s. People saw terrible things in the war. They didn't go on and on about them. They had a cup of tea and invented the NHS instead. Cool, mate. If I have a bit of your parsley... Get away! Fuck off! Fuck off my stuff! It's just a bit of parsley. Look, I... It's just... On the way home, I I got... These blokes mugged me. Oh, man. That is unlucky. Of course. They target the frail. They smell the weak. So, what happened? Did they pull a knife? No, not not a knife. Jesus. A shooter? No, they, they didn't have a... There was two of them. They asked to borrow my phone, but... They didn't really want to borrow it. No? No. Then they asked for my wallet. Mm-hmm. So they asked, and you just gave them your wallet? Jeremy, I, I was in the underpass with these two... Gentlemen who asked for your possessions. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Jeremy's like, Jesus, a shooter? And Mark's just like, no. no. <laughs> poor, poor Jeremy's just like... Or poor Mark, Jeremy's just like, so you asked them... And you just gave it to them. <laughs> but the fact that he says it in such a condescending way, and I can't help but think if it had been the other way around and Jeremy had been mugged, I don't think he would have been any better. It's not like he's harder, is it? No, Jeremy tries to be hard, but, well, I guess we see in this episode he is a little hard. Um, a little bit, but, but not not get very liquored. He's got to get very liquored <laughs> up to be hard. Yeah, yeah. But he... Um... <laughs> that has a double entendre for this episode that I did not mean to imply. Yeah, yeah it does. But he um, he goes from like being really sympathetic, doesn't he, to just being like, right, like, you're, you're a pathetic worm to Mark, basically. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting about this episode, I think that this episode so far of all the Peep Show episodes that I've watched has the longest sequence at Apollo House. Uh, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, they are there for quite some time. Because we have this scene and then... Sophie and Mark, and then, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of... Mm. Yeah, they're there almost the whole time, actually. 
Yeah, there's a lot of Apollo House in this that's, episode. That's true. Yeah. This was also the first season where they were recording on the soundstage and not the actual apartment. Yeah, so they'd re they'd remade the flat in a carpet factory, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also <laughs> is... this is apparently the first episode that doesn't have a reference to World War Two in it. There you go. No, this has a World War Two reference. Well it, they, he talks about the forties, but he doesn't actually mention World War Two by explicitly. That was I just that was on that was on the internet. I haven't like I haven't got a chart of all the times he mentions World War Two, but that's yeah. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. This this the line where he has you know people saw terrible things in the war and they didn't go on and on about them. They had a cup of tea and invented the <laughs> NHS instead. I feel like that that's probably like one of the most iconic Mark lines in the yeah, series. That's a great line and a and a great. I think it really sort of typifies the traditional British mentality. That is how we're meant to think. It's all fine. It's okay they could be bombing us off the face of the country but just think about the 40s it all went down then like the ho whole streets got bombed you know someone's nan must have had everything she owned flattened just think about that think about the 40s that's yeah that is a an undercurrent of us as a nation keep a stiff upper lip exactly jeremy tells mark that he's cooking dinner for big Sue's, and mark asked jeremy if he's broken up with michelle jeremy's like no i was going to but then she offered me a threesome and then Jeremy just kind of starts talking excitedly about Big Sue's, and Mark is like, well, what about the threesome? But, like, good old Jeremy, Jeremy's got a plan. <laughs> yeah, he's got a plan. He's not going to let it bother him. He's just going to do the threesome, and then Big Sue's is, is on the horizon. And I like yep. at this point how we've got no... He doesn't even seem to be considering that Big Sue's might not want to get back together with him. Like, he just seems to be completely blinkered, thinking that, well... Of course that she's going to... We don't know the details of, of their breakup, but of course she's going to want to get back together. She's going to see me and fall into my arms. Yeah, I I like that he, he's talking about how they were talking on the phone and they were just having a good old laugh just like the old <laughs> yeah. days. And, um, yeah, so much laughing. I, yeah, he's just... He's so excited for Big Sue's. And then Mark is just like, well, you know, I, I'm just concerned because it, it took you a long time to get over Big Sue's. And, you know... I'm just, I'm just worried, and and Jeremy's just like, well, that's just as well now because she's coming back. So shut up. <laughs> I, I did think as well, and this he mentions this at the start of the first scene, Jez, is that he says like she's the love of his life, but previously that's, I mean, I know like obviously they had to change the dynamic and stuff because the actresses weren't available, but in the previous two seasons, like he's mentioned Big Sue's once, it doesn't seem to be an undercurrent of his life that he's so devastated by the loss of Big Sue's, does it? I always just assumed that he mentioned her more than he actually did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's only once, and that's, I think, in the very first episode or maybe the second episode. So, you know, it's I kind of, like, at the time, I was thinking about this because it's so hard now that you know how it ends and I've watched all nine series and you know Big Sue so well. But I think I thought when she was initially mentioned in the first series that she was a bit of like a like a joke, like he was glad to have broken up with her. That was the implication. So it's quite a leap, I think, that he's suddenly she's the love of his life. And but then I guess Jez is changeable. So you know, that's who he is as a person, and maybe that's just a part of that. As we've seen throughout, I mean, I feel like as we've seen throughout the entire course of this series kind of though whoever jez is thinking about is pretty much the love of his yeah, life at that yeah, point yeah i think that's true and i think that might be this might be the first sort of indication of that character trait but 
it did just get me thinking of like, oh yeah, before we knew Big Sue, she's never really, she's mentioned like once or twice. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the nickname Big Sue's and what that kind of what connotation you thought that had yeah definitely when i first watched it that, that's the other thing is that i just thought she was called big Sue's because she was fat which again kind of played like that kind of fed into the joke idea that like he was glad to be rid of her and she was a bit of a mess you know what i mean so again surprising when big Sue's turns up and there's nothing really big about her is there no just her personality but we're we'll we'll talk about big Sue's here in just a second yeah um, Another bit that really made me laugh in this scene actually was that I meant to mention this was and I think this comes uh, at this point is where Jeremy says that Mad Max is going to happen and Mark says that Mad Max isn't necessarily going to happen and they have that argument that always makes me really laugh. Oh, yes. Uh, you can just sit here with your hitchhiker's guide in your robe, <laughs> drinking your tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. your hitchhiker's guide uh, isn't going to happen. Mad Max is going to happen. I think that's a very funny exchange between them. Have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? I haven't. No, I've seen the original one, but I haven't seen that one. I'm just going to plant my flag right now. Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, really? That's a glowing endorsement. It is honestly a really really amazing movie i love it so much it i saw it three times in the theater i watched it countless times on blu-ray and digital i mean it's a fantastic movie i man it's amazing amazing movie i mean it's not like i like films about victorian girls drinking cups of tea and kind of like dour british dramas that have been funded by the Arts Council of Britain. So this isn't really my kind of like the sort of thing I would generally go for, but I have seen the original. So if it's that good, maybe I'll look into the sequel. It's almost a silent film. Right. There's not a lot of conversation in it. It's a lot of music and it's pretty much, the movie is just pretty much one nonstop chase scene that's broken up into like five smaller chase scenes. Right. When it was getting ready to come out last year or two years ago, whenever it came out, I I asked my wife, I said, hey, you know, do you want to go see this movie with me? And she just looked at me and she was like, no, <laughs> you know, because she's like you. Those are the kinds of movies she likes, like the Jane Austen movies and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And um, she started reading some of the reviews about it, because even though it is called Mad Max, um, the actual main character is Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Charlize Theron is actually, like, the main character of the movie. And when my wife kind of was like, oh, this is, like, a female action movie? I was like, and I just wanted her to go see it. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a very female-oriented action movie. And then we saw it, and I was like, oh, it really is kind of a female-oriented action movie. So it's really good. Yeah, oh, okay. Right, well, I think I'll I'll certainly... I feel would be interested in it, so he'd be happy if I said, "Let's, let's watch that, so... Let's make him happy. All right. (laughs) Just like you enjoy making your husband happy, Mark is subtly lowering Sophie's expectations. Yes, yeah. We see them in the living room now. Um, And she compliments him on his fish pie, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she says the fish pie was delicious. And he's like, well, I'm not an expert. I just do my best. And that's all anyone can ask. And then Mark is like, there we go, just subtly lowering her expectations in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and she, um, he then says that they need to do their work. And he says, to, he says something, doesn't he, like that? Or oh, if you don't mind, we could do it in the bedroom. And she 
just jumps in straight away and says she doesn't mind and he's like oh no he's shocked by this i, I love that she's like he's like jesus she's a real man eater <laughs> yeah and then he quotes the hold on note song and says she's gonna chew him up and spit him out which really made me laugh holy christ that went completely over my head yep that is what that is <laughs> Oh my god, I feel so stupid right now. <laughs> um, I like how Jeremy comes in and he asks where all the Ikea candles are. Yeah, that's a really great like little throwaway because you don't even really notice it. And then obviously it sets up the joke in the next scene. I, yeah, I love that. He's like, where's all the Ikea candles? And Mark's, before Mark can even answer, there's a knock on the door and um, Big Sue's is there. Yeah, and he's so excited and says, Big Sue's, Big Sue's is here. Yeah, and then he opens the door and... Oh my god, the first time I saw Big Sue's, I was like, holy shit, this girl is beautiful. Yeah, like, she's so beautiful. Um, oh. Sophie Winkleman, she is absolutely gorgeous, and she is a genuine member of the royal family. I know, she is Lady Frederick Windsor. Yep, she's married to Freddie Windsor, who is the Queen's cousin's son. Yeah, that's right. I wonder if he just saw her on Peep Show and was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I need to like meet this lady." Yeah, because they actually they weren't together then. They got because they got together in like two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, and they got married very quickly. He got her on lockdown pretty fast. Which, if you Google him, it's quite clear why he got her on lockdown. Like he may, <laughs> he may be a member of the royal family, but she's far more attractive than he is. Hold on, let's see here, Lord Frederick Windsor. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm looking at their wedding picture. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> they... my God. What a crime. Yeah. That is a crime. Yeah. They got married in Hampton Court, uh, which was nice. That's a, that's a lovely place to get married. And also, when I was Googling her, I found out that Jamie Oliver is the godfather of their second child, which is nice. He's their friend. Oh, well, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, they seem like a nice little family. They seem to genuinely like each other. And she was in Footlights as well at Cambridge, but some years after Mitchell and Webb, she's quite a bit younger than them, but she was also in Footlights. Yeah, and I think they have two, I think they have like two or three kids, don't they? They've got two. They've got two daughters, uh, Maud and Isabella. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very um, British names. Yeah, Maud's a bit of a weird one. Like, apparently they're both named after members of the royal family, like going back, but... Maud is not a name. I mean, I wouldn't use that. That's it's a that's a that's a step too far. I would say in old lady names. Their baby is ridiculous. Uh, their daughter Isabella is ridiculously cute. Yeah, she's really really sweet. She's not very old. She was born like last year, I think. Yeah, I don't. The picture that I found is looks like that she's days old at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think she's like maybe like two no not even two like 18 months old maybe you know that's that's good that they got together though you know uh yeah it's guy. part of the uh, modernization of the royal family yeah lucky lucky guy lucky guy <laughs> yeah. but you're right she's absolutely beautiful and it's quite oh. clear to us why jeremy is so so obsessed with her for our american audience too she was also ashton kutcher's girlfriend zoe on the very unfunny show two and a half men I've never seen Two and a Half Men. I didn't realize she was in that. The only epi literally the only episode of Two and a Half Men I ever watched was the first episode after they killed off um, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's character. Because mm. I just you know because at that point, especially like in American pop culture, Charlie Sheen was just everywhere. So I was like, oh, let me see how they handle this and. I watched one episode and I was like, I will never watch this show again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That I, I'm not missing anything then. Cause like, I don't mind a bit of crap telly, but I always thought that was a step too far down crap telly lane. Don't worry. 
we will not become a two and a half men <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's not where this is going, folks. No, 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 no. God, no. <laughs> no. So Big Sue's looks like very happy to see Jeremy, and Jeremy is very happy to see her. And um, the one thing that I really like in this scene, well, um, so he's Jeremy is just like, God, you've changed so much. And she's <laughs> like, God, you've changed so much. Although I think you might be wearing the exactly the same clothes as the last time I saw you. Yeah, that is a really that is a really funny line. And also kind of like that is the first glimpse we get into her personality. Like she's she's I like Big Suze as a character, but she's she's not nice to Jeremy, is she? She's always putting him down. No, she's horrible to him no. all the time. And she's clearly like an absolute raw nightmare. You can see that, you know, she's just a you can you can tell even without knowing the backstory, like Jez got together with her at university. She's far, far, far above him in social standing. She dumped him because he's a commoner. Like, you just, you know the story before without it even being said. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeremy goes to close the door and Susan's like, oh, we should leave that door open for Stu. And Jeremy's like, who is Stu? <laughs> even though Stu only played in this one episode, I just wanted to see what other stuff that Mark Wakeling has also done. He was also on Surprise Surprise, The East Enders, and then he was an MI6 agent in Quantum of Solace. Oh yeah, I think he was in East Enders for quite some time, actually. Um I not can't remember who he played, but yeah, I think he was. I feel like East Enders is one of those shows where everybody like when I watch Would I Lie to You, everybody everybody is just always constantly making East Enders jokes. Yeah, East Enders is like a bit of a joke. Um But <laughs> it's I mean, I don't watch it anymore. I watch Coronation Street, which I know that comes up in um, that comes up in Peep Show much later, doesn't it? When Superhand says that he's a Cory guy, and Molly's EastEnders, and you can't be both. Um, but I think that's the case is you can't watch both, and I'm I'm firmly on the side of Cory. So, uh, the really funny part in this entire scene right here is that they really haven't seen each other in three years, and for Jeremy, he's seeing the love of his life, and he's so excited. And for Big Suze, it's just that she hasn't seen a friend in three years. Yeah, and, and it's clearly like, there's clearly no romantic intention for her. Uh, Stu kind of, um, or then uh, Michelle's like, oh, look at how good everything is going. I'm with Stu, you're with go good old Michelle. And Jeremy's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a mistake, followed by yeah. a series of subsequent mistakes. That was my favorite line. That was a series of mistakes. All by a series of subsequent mistakes. <laughs> We've all been in those relationships. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, yeah, Jess then refers to himself as her ex to stew. And yeah. and Susie's quick to put this put put pour water cold water on this as an idea, isn't she? Oh yeah, yeah. She's very quick to correct him that they were never really together and Jeremy points out that they lived together for a year and a half. <laughs> And she's like, not really. Oh yeah, but in that weird, that weird, uh, that weird flat, and he's like the love bunker. <laughs> yeah, he's very clear that the uh, this was like this was obviously a big big thing for Jez, and it wasn't so much for her. Oh yeah, it was. It sounds like for for Jeremy that this was that year and a half was something special yeah the love the love shack was where it all happened for him and everything's been downhill ever since whereas for her it was just like an upsetting you know period where she probably had nowhere else to live 
Yeah. The I thought that this next line here was really weird where Suze is like, oh, I, you know, do you have a shower I can use? And Jeremy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And um, Stu is like, oh, my God, I need to talk to a shower. Or I need to take a shower, too. And Jeremy's just like, oh, well, we we don't have that much. We don't have that much water. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, we'll just take a shower together. We'll see. We'll see you in an hour. Have you ever just gone over to somebody's house and been like, oh, hey, it's really good to see you. But man, what a long car ride. I need to take a shower. Do you mind if Phil and I take a shower? Like, we'll be out in an hour. I'd be like, why the fuck did you even come over then? <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not usual. I've never known that to happen in a social situation. So a bit weird, but okay. Yeah, I thought that was just, I thought that was super strange. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeremy is like, he's going to have 15 years of spunk build up. How am I going to build, how am I going to compete with that? Yeah. <laughs> so they go off for their shower, for their hour long shower. Yeah. And now we get our next scene in Apollo House. And I don't know when this, this part takes place, but I mean, I imagine that this is all taking place while they're talking to Big Sue's in, you know, in front of the yeah. door and everything. Yeah. Sophie's like, oh, this is a an amazing amount of candles, because you see all the IKEA candles just everywhere, and <laughs> yeah, he's filled his room with IKEA candles. And she's like, oh, it's actually kind of hot in here. And he was like, well, I was gonna open my window, but then the wind blew out all the candles, which kind of <laughs> defeated the purpose. <laughs> I love the idea that that this is the most romantic thing Mark can imagine. Like he doesn't know, he clearly doesn't know how to set the scene, so he just lights three hundred candles. I actually did this one time for another person. <laughs> did I, it burn down your flat? Because I think that's what would happen. No, no. It was when I was in the military and I was living in my dorm. And I, I mean, I only lit like probably 20 of them. Right. But, you know, I thought this was it was going to be all nice. But yeah, it just makes the room really, really hot. Yeah, and you can't really see. And this was actually, I had a boyfriend who did a similar thing. Uh, and you don't want to say, look, we can't see... But we were both like myopics, you know what I mean? Like we both not got our glasses on at that point. Can't really see. Need a bit more light than that. Like, no, it's not. It's, as Mark says, electric light is actually much better. Yes, much, much better. <laughs> um, he grabs Jeremy's sex mix and he puts it in the CD <laughs> player, which I thought that was a great, like, I thought that was like a great little callback um, to uh, to the, the Series 2 premiere. Yeah. When he's, he gets mad about, um jeremy playing the sex mix so loud <laughs> i'd love to know what else is on the sex mix as well like i'd love oh to know oh my god track you and me <laughs> yeah i'm sure someone could could make that and like what well, i mean i mean we the, should tweet the... it we should tweet it robert webb and see if he can answer the question <laughs> yeah what, what else is on this sex mix because the the song that's playing is a pretty pretty great sex song so there's got to be some other great ones where that came from well, it was like reggae it, it, when in in dance class it was like a reggae almost. Yes, yeah, it was, yeah. And this is a kind of it's I can't I can't don't know who the song's by, but I know it's called "Girl I Wanna Make You Sweat" and it's a bit reggae as well. Um, unfortunately, as Mark is putting in the Sex Mix CD, he starts to kind of think about his phone and how he should have called T-Mobile. Oh my God! See, I almost said it incorrectly. T-Mobile. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yep, he needs to phone T-Mobile about the numbers that the muggers have Yeah, phoned. and he's like, and he's like, he starts thinking like, oh my god, they're probably just going through my phone book, deleting <laughs> random contents, like, oh my god, this is the worst, and he starts to unfortunately have a little bit of a panic attack, and um, 
but he's trying to kind of brush it off and, um, you know, still get together with Sophie. She's so they trying sit to be really sexy, isn't she, at this point? She's being quite seductive. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to be all sexy and seductive, and they start kissing, and then in typical Mark fashion, he's worried that he's kissing wrong, and then he's like, Captain Corgan is not reporting for duty, and <laughs> so... I thought this was actually really well done, and it made me think of, um, are you familiar with High Fidelity, the Nick Hornby book? That is that became a film with John Cusack. Do you know that? Okay, okay, yes, I've seen the movie with John Cusack. Yes. Okay, so in the book of that, it, he describes really well, like he's in a monologue of when he's trying to kiss a girl and how he's not focusing on it and how he keeps thinking during the kiss that he should be enjoying it, but he can't enjoy it because he's got all these other things going on in his head. And I thought that immediately made me think of that. This scene immediately made me think of that, and I thought it was actually very well done that. That we're hearing like what Mark's thinking and and how he's he's panicking about it and he just can't he can't get into a sexy place at all. No, he's he can't get into that like sexy kind of mindset at all, and he kind of he kind of tries to he kind of pushes Sophie back just a little bit, and um, you know, he he tells her, you know, I just want to make sure I just want you to be sure that you're you know that you want to do this, and she's like. I'm sure. <laughs> but I am sure. And he's like, but I want you to be really sure. <laughs> and she has a weird line right here. Mark, I know it's taken us a while to get here, but this feels really right. Yeah. Okay. So you want to be making out with the guy that likes Dr. E, you know, stalked yeah. your email? Yeah. We, okay. She seems to have forgotten about that pretty quickly, but I guess it is that she's just, I mean, without like spoilers, but without wishing to give too much away, but like she just, she quite clearly wants to be in a relationship at this point in her life, doesn't she? She, thought, you know, she whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark is concerned that she's going to, like, put her hand on his floppy regions. And, you know, she's like, you know, he's just like, I want you to be sure. And she's like, I'm sure. So shall we? And Mark just kind of cuts her off. And he's like, oh, God, I, I want to. It's just, it's just these damn reports. And he gets up and he starts... Like plugging his plugging the laptop into a looking into for the bank cable. cable, yeah, yeah, which cracked me up because I was like, man, if this episode came out a few years later, all these laptops would have Wi-Fi and we would never even get this scene. Yeah, we didn't even at this point we didn't even have broadband. I was thinking about this. We still had like dial-up internet, so he was actually ahead of the times. You said this this episode came out in what two thousand five? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I had just. I had just started using Wi-Fi for the first time, and yeah. my roommates and I, we pitched in together, and I think we got, like, the three megabit down bundle or something like right, that. Yeah, we were it in a like house a... with, we had, like, yeah, we didn't, we had dial-up, and then in the next house we lived in, in the third year at university, we had Wi-Fi with, yeah, with broadband with Wi-Fi. So this was the end of a dial-up period, but Mark and Jeremy are quite <laughs> ahead of the curve, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get... We get a very, a very, very funny scene where Jeremy is sitting in the the kitchen of Apollo House and he's like drank like almost an entire bottle of vodka, and he's like, "Nothing wrong with drinking by yourself. When you drink with a friend, everything is fine. When you drink by yourself, you know." Yeah, if there's a bloke sitting next to you, does that make it all right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a great line. Uh, Stu comes into the kitchen, and again, I think this is really strange. Where Stu is like, 
all he has is a towel around his waist. He hasn't even like really dried off or anything from the shower. And nice. then he's just like, he's like, I'm really parched. Do you mind if I have a drink? And Jeremy's just like, help yourself. <laughs> and what does he drink milk or does he drink orange juice? He drinks milk out of the carton, which is weird. Okay. That's what I had written down, but I couldn't tell 100% what it was. But yeah, he just grabs this gallon of milk and he just like slams back like probably a fourth of it. <laughs> yeah. Oddly. Um, and weird as well, like, what's the setup here? So Jeremy's invited Suze around for dinner, but there's, like, there's no pretension anymore that they're even socialising. Like, where are they? <laughs> that they've just had a shower and they're now hanging out in Jez's room while he drinks alone. Well, it's really I, weird. I, maybe, maybe Suze is still in the bathroom, like, doing makeup? Yeah, maybe. Odd, though. I don't know. It, it's, it's weird, though, because then he just, like I said, he just... He as he's chugging this milk, like Stu is a very, very well built guy. Like he is very muscular, and Jeremy is just appreciating Stu's muscularity. Yeah, he says something, doesn't he? Like that's what a man should look like, or something. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. His arms—they look sturdy, like bows of English oak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had those arms wrapped around me. You, or if you had those arms wrapped around you, you would feel so safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Stu is trying to kind of make nice to him here. And, um, you he know, Jeremy. He, you've obviously still got some feelings about Sue's and the past. And that's cool. And he's trying to be really, like, okay about everything. Jeremy sticks his hand out to shake hands. And then he pulls it back and he sticks it on his nose. And he's like, take that, you monk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he gives him like a schoolboy style handshake prank. That's the worst thing he can imagine, like, can come up with to do to him. I know, and Stu is like, "What does that even mean?" And and Jeremy's just like, "You know what it means, you monk." And I just think he looks like a giant twat here in this scene. Yeah, he where does. like Stu is generally trying, genuinely trying to be nice, but Jeremy just can't like take that. <laughs> yeah, and I thought as well that Jeremy's depression was a little bit jarring here as well because like. He's never previously really been like that. Is it just like since Nancy went, he's on a bit of a bad one? Like, what's well, wrong I mean, with him? You know what I mean? I mean, Mark said that it took him a while to get over Big Sue's last time. So, I mean, if he had kind of all his hopes set on Big Sue's, I, I could see where, I, I could see why he'd be upset if yeah, that didn't work Yeah, I suppose that's true. It just seems a bit like it's not really the Jeremy we know, is it? He doesn't, he's not previously been sort of sad like this. Other than when right. he thought he had cancer. And the, my other question is, is like, what, what was Suze's reasoning for even coming over to the apartment to begin with? Mm. Like, what did, what are they even doing in Croydon or yeah, London in general? Yeah, that's true. Like, unless she just thought she was having dinner, like, or a drink with an old friend, or uh, I think it's more likely that she's got nowhere to stay for some reason and she needs to be in that area and she thought she can stay there maybe. But I'd be I'd be a little upset if I invited a friend over for dinner, cooked enough food for the two of us, and then my other friend is like, "Oh, I brought a third person. Oh, do we have enough food? Can we use your shower? Like, yeah, it's kind can of, you drink it's kind a fourth of a, of a gallon of your milk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not good social etiquette, is it? No, but I have a feeling that Big Sue's probably never has had to worry about proper social etiquette her entire no, life. I think you're right. I think there's no no possible i think she just she gets away with stuff because she's posh and probably rich and beautiful Mm-hmm. 
So the next day we are at JLB. This is one of my favorite one episode characters, which is Mr. Cutty Knife. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, thinking about Mr. Cutty Knife that he purchased from Mr. Patel with his illegal stash of knives. And it's quite a it's quite a scary knife that he's got there. Yeah, it's almost it's kinda of like a switchblade kind of deal. And I know in in England guns are not really uh, or knives are kind of more of a thing over there because you know no guns. guns are are so hard to get um but they're but, still yeah they're still pretty like a knife like that is he's not wrong that's an illegal knife <laughs> <laughs> um the one thing that was super jarring to me and i'm sure probably our american phone numbers look really strange to you but you guys' phone numbers look really fucking weird. Yeah, your phone numbers look weird to us, so... <laughs> like, how many digits do you have in a, your phone... Well, I and I don't need your phone number, but how many digits are in your phone number? Uh, 11. Okay, because, see, we only have 10 digits in ours, but for some reason, your phone numbers just look so weird, and they look so long. It's weird. I'm just trying to work out how many numbers in a landline. Yes, yeah, always 11, yeah. Yeah, so we have like a, we have an area code, which so you know every region has its own area code. Yeah. Um, and then most it used to be that, and of course with cell phones and everything, this has changed drastically. But then it used to be that the next three digits were kind of your subregion. Yeah. So like when I was in elementary school, like almost every house that was in my neighborhood started with seven six eight. Right. Yeah. And then it was just the last four numbers that were were different, so you could almost kind of tell like what neighborhood people lived in just yeah. based off. Yeah, I mean of their that's phone the same, that's the same here. Like mobile numbers obviously are completely different to that, so they're just like universally. It doesn't matter where in the country you are, but that that still that that theory that you've just come up with there about numbers is is the case here as well. Oh. Yeah. So because Mark is, I don't think we said, did we, that Mark is holding the numbers that the muggers have called. That's why we're talking about phone numbers. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah sorry. Sorry. Yeah. He <laughs> called. Yeah. Mark called T-Mobile and got a list of the phone numbers that the muggers have yeah. been calling, and he's <laughs> contemplating like ringing them up to see if he can get his BlackBerry back. Yeah. And in the interest of research, I rang the numbers that the, on that piece of paper <laughs> to see if they worked, and none of them worked. But oh, oh actually, no. One of them did had like an international dial tone, so. Someone's got that mobile number and they're abroad. But um, when I Googled one of the numbers, <laughs> I came up with this website where apparently there's a whole website dedicated to fake phone numbers for TV and film. So you can like, I don't know how it does it, but it's called fake numbers. Uh, what is it? Yeah, fake numbers.org. And it comes up with a number that's not in use for you to put on the telly so that you don't end up using a number that's real. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's really funny it's really weird it's so specific that that's the thing and i didn't know so i just thought that was interesting yeah the, i i found a a wiki that went through movies and found the gun like would annotate what guns were used in what particular scenes <laughs> and then would tell you if the gun was used realistically or if it was unrealistic or if the gun that they had in said scene was even a real gun all oh, right it's, it's so weird what people spend their time doing i mean i know that's that's a strange thing to say coming from someone making a podcast about peep show with an american but some people do spend their time doing weird things on the internet i found i found that website because i was 
I was consumed by trying to figure out what kind of gun Dirty Harry had since when we were talking about magicians. <laughs> right, okay. And because of that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sophie comes in at this point to talk to Mark and they have kind of a little back and forth and we'll just kind of, I'll just kind of insert their little back and forth right okay. here. Hey, what are you looking so serious about there, Mr. Corrigan? Oh, uh, just nothing. Because I was wondering how far a girl like you might go on a second date. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, at, at, at least second base. Ooh, Relax, second let it happen. But nothing's stirring. Uh-oh, she's going to feel the knife. Can't let her feel the hard knife or the soft cock. Look, uh, Sophie, this, this is a hell of a laugh and all, and, and I love horseplay and light-heartedness and, and having a great time, but, you know, there's, there's codes of conduct and disciplinary procedures, and it just makes me very nervous. All right, Mark, I'm just screwing around. I'm not going to get it on in the photocopying room. Yes, Sophie, I, I know, really. Let's have fun. Hey. <laughs> Look, I'm just... You know me, I'm old-fashioned. I, I like courting. Look, can... Why don't we go to the pictures? Sure, should I bring a chaperone? <laughs> I, I like your joke, Sophie. A point well made. A point well made. Later, baby. Ugh, baby. Note to self, re-being the Fonz. Mark, you are not the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie looks so unhappy. Like, I don't understand why Sophie is so upset here. Like, Mark is 100% correct that she probably shouldn't be trying to grab his dick while they're at work. You know? No, I think it's just like, I think it just highlights the differences in them and why they shouldn't be together for like hundreds of reasons. And actually, while we were watching this today, because um, me and my husband met when we were at work, like, that's how we met each other. And we agreed that we absolutely never. <laughs> ever showed any indication that we were together while we were at work and that actually Mark's not in the wrong here in any way like she's the one that's just shouldn't be doing what she's doing and actually Mark's completely you know justified in his concern yeah my wife my wife and I met at work as well and we thought we were being slick but everybody knew. Well, because we're teachers, so it was fine, like, in the staff room. Obviously, after a while, oh. people knew. But the kids, like, it t it took a while before the before the kid filtered down to the kids. But then they were like, oh, is it true you're going out with Mr.? Like, And then we'd obviously just say no. But I was much better at just saying no and then, like, believing me. Whereas Phil was Phil's more transparent. He's a bad liar. <laughs> He'd say no, but they knew. So it kind of, they knew. They knew that we were going out from Phil's reaction. And then we got married and it was hard to kind of keep that a secret and the kids then knew obviously so yeah when once you changed your last name that was kind of the yeah jig that was the jig there. was up exactly uh after this scene we get the threesome <laughs> <laughs> jeremy is just kind of like oh yeah threesome big Sue's will never have to know <laughs> By the way, I am so glad that you wanted to talk about Vicky because I definitely wanted to talk about Vicky a little bit. <laughs> Vicky's a great, like, one-off little... She's not even really a character because she barely speaks, but she's really funny. Um, But, yeah, so Jer Jeremy opens the door to... Or Michelle... Or, excuse me. Jeremy knocks on the door at Michelle's place. Jeremy is also drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's already drinking. That's probably an indication that he's not... Heart's not completely in the threesome. So basically, from here on out, for the rest of this, uh, the rest of this 
podcast, whenever we're talking about Jeremy, he is drinking. Yeah, he's got a beer in his hand. Yeah, he's got a beer in his hand, and he is like getting drunker and drunker throughout the end of the series or end of this episode. Um, and he's like, "Oh yeah, threesome. Big Sue's will never have to know." Unfortunately, Big Sue's opens the door and welcomes Jeremy to the threesome, and Jeremy's like, "Oh hell yeah, <laughs> me." Big Susan, Michelle, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he's really excited, but then it turns out that it isn't Big Suze who's part of the threesome. She's actually Michelle's new dodger. I know, and she's like, oh, I forgot how sweet she is. And... <laughs> yeah, and this is just Jess's worst nightmare now because she knows about the threesome. She's not in the threesome. And we then see Vicky, who is the three in the threesome. Well, and it also is tough because he had planned to break up with Michelle to date Big Sue's, but since they live together, he yeah, can't that's going to be hard. That. Yeah, yeah. And Big yeah. Sue says something funny, doesn't she, about how she says like she's got a, she had a friend who had a threesome and she cried for like an hour afterwards. Oh. But you know, oh, it still sounds fun. Yeah, she she cried nonstop afterwards, but yeah, it still sounds <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm going to play this little quick scene here where we meet Vicky, and then I kind of want to talk through this because I fucking love Vicky so much. Yep, cool. Where's she? Come on, there's someone in the living room I'd like to introduce you to. Jeremy, meet Vicky. Hi there. Does he know the ground rules? What? Has he had a shower? He doesn't look like he's showered. Why isn't she talking to me? Look, Vicky's just very busy, okay? She's not all that sure about this whole thing. She's doing me a massive favour. She'd just rather not talk to you, okay? Vicky, shall we go and get ready? You know where the bathroom is. You'll find a bottle of antibacterial shower wash by the basin, okay? I will have had a threesome. I will have had a threesome. So, Jez, a threesome? That'll be nice. My friend Jen did a threesome once. She said she cried for about an hour afterwards, but I'd still definitely like to try it sometime. Yeah, right. Suze, you don't want to go back out with me, do you? Oh, Jess. You're such a nice guy, but I think maybe it wasn't meant to be. Hmm? Jess, we're ready! Listen, come on, you can skip the shower. Just use a flannel. Vicky doesn't want to miss her train. This is great. I'm having it large. It's like I'm living in a porno. Except porn stars probably get lovely sedatives so they feel like they're not really there. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's showered <laughs> no and i like as well like the emphasis on using the antibacterial shower gel like he's probably riddled with bacteria <laughs> my favorite thing about vicky is that she's got bandage a dirty bandage around her foot as well i think that's like and it's not highlighted in any way it's not mentioned but just the fact that she's taking off his dirty bandage always makes me laugh oh that's really that's really funny and then um and then michelle yelling out of the room Come on, Vicky doesn't want to miss her train. <laughs> yeah, she's not sure about this whole thing. She just doesn't want to miss her train. Yeah. Oh fuck that. That scene really cracks me up. It's man. a really funny scene. Yeah, Vicky. I looked up the actress that plays Vicky. Her name is Rosie Cavaliero. Right. Um, she's best known for Jane Eyre, Scoop, and Vera Drake. Okay, she does look like she could be in Vera Drake. Have you seen that? It's very. It's a very very depressing film she'd fit right in in vera drake i think i i assume vera drake was some like movie about vera bradley and uh, some guy named drake no 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 it is a film about illegal abortions in the 50s oh 
Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a real yeah. ridiculous. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, that sounds like uh, that sounds like the funniest shit ever. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, great Saturday night in that is. <laughs> Vicky is wearing like kind of business attire, and she just has like zero time for Jeremy shit. No. No, she's not into it. I'd love to know why she's even there, but what has Michelle got on her? Yeah. That's yeah, like, what was Michelle's pitch here? Like, hey, Vicky, uh, I'd like to have a threesome. Would you like to join us? <laughs> Maybe she owes uh, Michelle money. That's the only thing I can think, is that the debt will be written off if she has a yeah. threesome. Yeah. But uh, uh, as Jeremy is kind of walking to the bedroom, Big Sue's makes uh, kind of stops Jeremy, and you know that's when they have the conversation about um, uh, about her friend that cried after she had the three after they had the threesome, and Jeremy's just like, Big Sue's, would you go out with me? And she's like, No, I'm with Stu. And I like yeah. the way she's not even like. It's just so it's so true of Big Sue's as as the series goes on that she like. She's never really like horrible to him. She just is like she just behaves as though he's a hilarious inconvenience, and she's just like no, like no, of course not, you know, as if it's a foregone conclusion that she wouldn't go out with him. Did it also strike you as weird that they were having this threesome at like two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> yeah. on probably what is like a Thursday? Yeah, I thought that. I thought this was like without. I mean, obviously Jez is drunk, but you would think that there'd be some preamble, maybe a few drinks before, you know, like you say, probably in the evening rather than a Thursday afternoon. I agree with you. Weird one. Uh, the next scene, we get Jeremy, and he is, like, pretty much full-on dr day drunk at <laughs> yeah. this point. He's in, a, like, a useless mini supermarket. Um, I think it's the same one from On the Pole. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I thought that. It's, like, a, it's not a branded supermarket. It's not a Tesco or a Sainsbury's. It's a... It's just like a corner supermarket. Uh, Mark calls Jeremy up and he's like, lets him know that he's got a lead on his Blackberry. And he, he tells Jeremy he needs him for backup and he wants him to meet him at the chicken corner. <laughs> chicken cottage. That is, I wrote this in my notes that this is now so part of my lexicon and the lexicon in our house that I'd, I'd forgotten what episode it was from. I think I'd even forgotten. It was from Peep Show. Me and Phil routinely call each other up to say, we need backup, meet me at Chicken Corner, when we're phoning each other for things. <laughs> I, like that, I like that Mark instantly knows that Jeremy is drunk, and he's like, he's like, I don't want your drinking to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Is your drinking become a problem, he says, doesn't he? And he's like, no, don't knock the drinking. The drinking's great. Shut up. <laughs> and Mark asks Jez if he is, is he doing the shopping? Are you doing the big shop? And he says he's doing it. He is. He's doing it brilliantly. And Mark says, you're not just buying chocolate crisps and booze, are you? And Jez says, no, I also bought dips. And then he thinks, I'm telling him I ate the dips. <laughs> I like that he is, um, I like that he is very much just buying chocolate crisps and booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I've actually... I've been banned from doing the big shop in our house, not because I'm always drunk, but because that's pretty much all I buy as well. And I famously went shopping once before we had the children, but when we were married and I was meant to be doing the big shop and I didn't follow the list and I spent 80 pounds and I didn't have anything for meals, but I did have four different kinds of Oreos and, <laughs> and two different sorts of ice cream. And yeah, Phil banned me from the big shop. So me and Jez are kindred spirits, I think, when it comes to shopping. There was there was one day this week, I think it was Friday, I think I might have actually even told you about this, where after work, I decided I wanted to get some hummus and pita bread, 
yeah. and then and then I got there and I was like, oh man, I could use some cereal and some spaghettios <laughs> and some you know. And I just started like I ended up buying like probably like forty or fifty dollars worth of groceries. And then I got home and I looked and Nicole had done the grocery shopping. Yeah, so we I, did I like walked in. <laughs> I walked into the bedroom and I was like, I was like, "Hey, sweet pea, I, I, I did some grocery shopping." And she goes, "Please tell me you didn't buy milk." And I was like, "Do we need milk?" And she's like, "We have two gallons in the fridge right now." And I was like, "Oh." I'm glad I didn't buy milk then. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, we've now got an app on our phones and this is very useful. I highly recommend it. And it like syncs. What's it called? Your... What's it called? Let's plug it. It's called, what is it called? Uh, let's have a look. It's on my, it's on my like frequently used. Our groceries, it's called. Our groceries. And it syncs between your phones and you can put stuff on it. And then it comes up on the other person's phone that you need it. And if they get there first... They can buy it and like tick it off the list, so you never have that problem. Holy shit! It's, the, fu- gonna... it's the future. That is, it is brilliant. Man, I'm gonna download. I'm gonna download this app right away. <laughs> if you hear, if you are listening to this, CEO of our shopping, <laughs> we're plugging your stuff. So please think about us. Think about us. Yeah. We're just poor podcasters <laughs> yeah. trying to make ends meet. <laughs> but Jez could definitely do with our groceries app right now oh, <laughs> him and mark need that app because he's dropping his pool in and um he is still talking to mark and mark says something about have you got a plan with big Sue's? does he is that what he says and yeah jez do says, you have a plan yeah and jez says yep yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hit stew that's his plan yeah my plan is i'm gonna hit stew <laughs> Right in his big stupid face or something like that. And Mark says, that's not really a plan as such. And he's like, yeah, it's a plan. I'm going to hit him. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole time this is going on, he's he's checking out. And he, like, at the cashier, he puts, like, a empty Heineken can. He's just, like, uh, he puts some Pringles down. And he's like, hold on, hold on. I got a coupon for the Pringles. <laughs> and he thinks that he looks really cool, doesn't he? He says the drinking's making him look cool. And he yeah. thinks that the, the checkout girl must think he looks like Pete Doherty. A street or, fighting. He's yeah, a street fighting man. man. Like Pete Doherty or Bukowski. That. Um, and that made me think, I wonder, I'd forgotten about Pete Doherty. I wonder what he's doing now. That was that was my thought there. I don't, who is that? Oh, he was the... I don't know if he was the lead singer or just like one of the main guys in the Libertines who were a band here that were huge uh, about this time. But then he got into heroin quite heavily. Oh. And that was his like, that was his major thing. He really liked heroin. And he knocked, <laughs> he knocked about with Kate Moss a bit. He knocked around with Amy Winehouse a bit. He was always on heroin. And he made this really famous YouTube video where I want to say there was a his pet mouse in it. And like the pet mouse was he was making the pet mouse talk and it was you know it was bizarre he was on heroin i assume when this happened and he was really notorious but i don't know where he is now he's definitely still alive but maybe he's off the smack and cleaned his act up but yeah hopefully yeah yeah um now we're down at the chicken corner and mark and jeremy are there jeremy still has a beer in his hand (laughs) it looks fine like it's the sort of place i'm sure you could have a beer though Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, does sure does England not have open container laws? Uh, so no. Um, it does in certain areas. Like, so there are certain areas that advertise themselves as being like alcohol-free, 
and you can't drink on the street, okay. but not everywhere, and you can't drink on you can't drink on public transport. But otherwise, I don't think our laws are as strict as yours are about that sort of thing. Yeah, because in America, in most areas, you are not like if you have an open beer, you cannot carry it around with you. Yeah, no, it's it. He's fine. I'm sure he's not breaking any laws. It doesn't seem like the sort of place that would be that bothered about it. Although I did, when I went to New Orleans, New Orleans does not have open container laws because obviously it's New Orleans and that's mm. kind of the culture there. But I was in New Orleans with my friend Paul. We were there because there was a convention for a video game called EverQuest, which was kind of like World of Warcraft before World of Warcraft was really a thing. Right. And uh, <laughs> we were having like a party in our room and we ran out of beer. So Paul asked me to go get more beer. And so I walked from our hotel room to the liquor store, drinking a beer, drinking a beer in the liquor store, bought more beer, paid for it, cracked one open, and then drank it on the way back. And it was like to 24-year-old Sean. That was like the coolest shit ever. So you did a jazz, basically. Yeah. 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 Except I didn't day drink. We just got like hilariously night drunk. <laughs> Night drunk is fine. Night drunk is banter. A day drunk is when you know that there's a real problem. Mark's not wrong to be pointing this out to Jez. <laughs> no. I mean, but it, it does depend. Like, maybe if he worked a night shift, it's perfectly okay to get day drunk. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Like, I used to go out with a policeman, and they they had funny shifts. Like, they'd do, like, three days, three middles that were, like, probably, like, the shifts you did, like, like two in the afternoon to, like, midnight. And then they'd do, like, three night shifts in a row. And after a night shift, it would mm -hmm. be quite common for them to like go to a pub because we've got 24 hour drinking laws now. So there'd be pubs that were open and they'd go to the pub and get a beer at like eight in the morning because it was their Friday night. <laughs> but so weird. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> but I always just thought it was odd and thought I don't think I could I don't think I could force down a glass of wine at eight in the morning, even if I had done <laughs> a full day's work. Yeah. Um, the funny the funny part in the scene is that Jeremy is there to kind of give Mark like encouragement, I guess. Yeah, he's his backup. Like that's he's what he's his meant backup. To be. But he's not really a good backup partner, and Mark is the worst like point man ever because he just will not stop talking. No. The muggers they demand fifty pounds for him to get his phone back, and Mark is like he kind of tries to negotiate he's like no no i won't pay and then the muggers just they stand up and they start to leave and he's like yes yes i will pay and so they sit back down and um as he's handing them over the 50 dollars, he just starts talking about how of course it's gonna they're gonna have to charge him money because they're taking care of administrative <laughs> fees and they're just he, they're just going on and on and then one of the muggers is just like okay 60 pounds and Mark's just like, well, this is like a weird power dynamic because this could just go on and on forever. And he's right as well. It could. It's the, but he's, you're right. He doesn't stop talking. So he's just dug himself into this hole, really. Really? It, he really has. Um, <laughs> the, the, one of the muggers is like, okay, fine. You know, uh, the last thing that we need for you to do is to ask for your phone again, but this time in a lady's <laughs> voice. This is one of my favorite things. And again, this has so much become a part of our lexicon in our house that we just say it all the time. It's just like us for a lady's voice. So it 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 clearly struck a chord with us. It's it's it took our imagination. Um but Mark of course says he's not going to and then does ask for it in a lady's voice. 
Yeah, let's go ahead and play the lady's voice part because <laughs> it really cracks me up. All right, cheers. Oh, listen, one more thing. Will you ask for it again, but like a lady in a lady's voice? I'm sorry? Ask for your Blackberry like a lady. No, I, I really think... Okay, mate. So Can I have my Blackberry back? Please. Can I have my Blackberry back, please? All right, listen, mate, I'll call you when I've got it, yeah? But he hasn't got my... Oh, no, of course, he'll have my number from when I called him. Yes, and I think you'll definitely be calling. <laughs> and my favorite thing here is how Jeremy just looks at him like he's a stupid idiot. And He's hilariously Jeremy... appalled, isn't he? He's just looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, it's it's very funny. I really enjoy that scene as a whole. It's great. <laughs> um, now, see, oh, <laughs> seeing as that Mark has is on the path to getting his phone back, Jeremy decides to implement his plan of punching Stu. So he goes to the church to go find Stu. Did you notice that this is the same church from where Mark goes to the support group in Local Zero? Yes, I did notice that. It must be a local church. Or what I think is, because in Local Zero, you never see the front of the church, so I wonder if this is maybe some like just B-roll picture that they that Armstrong and Bane found, and we're like, oh yeah, this looks like a good church, and <laughs> yeah, you know, that just could be true as well, yeah. Um, but Jeremy is just kind of he's sitting in front of the church and he's like, oh, I've seen Stu come in, so I know he's got to come out, and he's just kind of sitting there and he looks like really in bad shape at this yeah. point. He's he's quite drunk, I think, and sort of borderline tearful. He looks like a homeless person. Yeah, he does. He totally does. Uh, Stu walks out of the church and he looks down and he sees Jeremy. He's like, "Jesus, mate, are you okay?" Yeah, he's really caring. He doesn't. He's he's not. He doesn't say what the fuck he's doing waiting for me outside this church. He's like, "Oh, mate, you're right." Yeah, and, and uh, Stu talks about how he's gonna be coming back later for e evening song, and um, he just looks like Jeremy. He's like, "You know, are you all right?" Do you need a hug? <laughs> and Jeremy's like, oh, damn it. Missed my chance to punch him. But, and then Stu, like, gives him this great big hug. And, and then Jeremy's just like, oh, the hug. I'm getting the hug. And, he smells good. He smells so good. Those this, big arms. He's really very smart as well because the look on Robert Webb's face, like, he does look like he's enjoying the hug. Oh my god, Robert Webb is Robert Webb is the fucking MVP of this episode. <laughs> He's he definitely is um he nails the whole like drunk pathetic jazz thing. <laughs> He's very good at that. Um and then so we cut over to Sophie and Mark. So <laughs> we know it's like an afternoon at this point because this is all happening on the same day as the threesome. Yeah. So <laughs> This means that Mark has gone to the chicken corner, gotten his, you know, paid the muggers for his phone <laughs> back, and is now picked up Sophie and is going out to the Genesis movie theater with her. Yeah, they're at the, they're in the queue for the pictures, and it did you looks... look at? Sorry, go. On. Oh, did you look at the movies that were playing that were on the market? <laughs> no, what what was what's playing? Okay, so I'm gonna list these movies off, and I just want to know if you've seen any of them. Okay. Have you seen Howl's Moving Castle? No. That's an excellent movie. It's a Miyazaki film. Anime. Okay. Fucking awesome. I've not seen uh, it. Oliver Twist? Yes. 
Wallace and Gromit, although it didn't say which Wallace and Gromit, because... <laughs> probably then. Yeah, I've seen, probably seen them all at this point. Nanny McPhee? No, haven't seen that. Corpse Bride? Yes, I have seen that. <laughs> Sky High? <laughs> Uh, no, don't even know what that is. It's a movie about a superhero, like, kind of junior high school, where, oh, parents, no. <laughs> where parents who are superheroes send their superhero kids to go to school. Uh, no, I've definitely not seen that one. Have you seen Lord of War with Nicolas Cage? Yes, I have seen that. And then this movie, I've the only movie on this marquee that I never heard of is Domino. Oh, no, no, never heard of that. I wonder which one they were going to see, then, because none of those seem very... Mark and Sophie. Well, we don't really know because they got kicked out before the the movie actually started. I'm going to say Corpse Bride. I was thinking Oliver Twist. Oh yeah, it could be, actually. I mean, it was it was boring as shit. It was not worth watching, but it might have been the sort of thing that he might have pretended to be into to impress her and that maybe she wanted to see because it seems girly. I don't know. I was really hoping they were going to go see Howl's Moving Castle because that would have been like the most amazing crossover ever. <laughs> I get to talk about anime, wrestling, and peep show all in one podcast. Like, yeah, oh that's my god, like dream. Be still, my beating heart. Warhammer <laughs> forty thousand. Like, holy Christ! I'm just gonna let my nerd flag fly here. <laughs> there was a little subtle thing in this in the scene that I really really enjoyed, which was. Sophie just kind of dancing to salt to push it by salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like that. And the way she's like, she's sort of singing along to it. She's kind of looking round in the queue. Like you kind of get the feeling that her and Mark don't have loads to say to each other. Um, the next little line that Mark has, I thought was really funny. Is he's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have deleted all those spam emails about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah. One of them might have been from a misunderstood scientific genius." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, with Google spam filtering, the that's kind of a dated reference. Yeah, they're not they're not turning up in your inbox anymore, really. Nope, nope. Um, is and then amazingly, in the small town of Croydon, population one hundred seventy three thousand three hundred fourteen people, he bumps into the mugger at the movie theater. Yeah, he's um, in the queue in front of him, and he's not sure if he's the mugger at first, is he? But he he realizes that he is. They lock eyes and they just kind of stare at each other. And the mug is like, "I, I don't I know you." And Mark's just like, "No, no, you you don't know me." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I do. You gave me a lesson. You gave me a driving lesson one time." And Mark's just like, "No, no, you you must have me confused for a member of the shadow cabinet." <laughs> that really made me laugh because he could be a member of the shadow cabinet. That's exactly who he could be. So then we go back to the church and with Jeremy and Stu. And Jeremy and Stu, or Jeremy's just like, oh, this is so nice in here. And he says it's so peaceful, almost spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, Stu, and then Stu is like, oh look, Big Sue's is here, which probably is the one guaranteed way to not to kind of snap Jeremy out of his calm. Yeah. You know. He's he's pissed off. And Big Sue's is very enthusiastic. And the line that really made me laugh here was when she says something like, Jeremy, look around at all the lovely normal people. Not sure what that's meant to mean, but it really made me laugh. Oh, uh, yeah. And then he's like, it's all, it's all, it's a little love, uh, a little love club down here at the church, except I'm not invited. The only clubs I'm invited to are horrible sex parties and friends reunited dues at TGI Friday. Well, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I love how like angry he is about the uh, about the only things that he's invited to are the sex parties and the friends reunite parties as well. That's really funny. And and then of course Jez hits uh, hits you 
it's a really bad it sort of doesn't land properly does it it's more of a like slap in the jaw and yeah, it's... <laughs> it's the worst punch ever is what i've written in my notes it's certainly not a good good fighting behavior and he calls him a lump of bunk you big lump of bunk <laughs> and i don't you don't watch mma correct no like ufc no there was a fight last night that was actually worse than the fight between jeremy and Stu. <laughs> that was i think what we'd call a girly fight it's very um yeah it's like a couple of girls slapping each other with their handbags i don't know Stu looks like he beats the fucking shit out of him so yeah that's true i mean yeah but jez is part of the fight yeah um back at the movie theater mark and sophie are sitting directly behind the mugger and his friend who are being so loud and so so fucking obnoxious yeah they're 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 bad cinema it's the the two of them oh my god i you can ask my wife like people who have bad cinema etiquette just drive me fucking batty i tell you what's worse is that i don't know if you've ever taken your nieces to the cinema but when you then take children to cinema and people are teaching their children the terrible cinema etiquette so they've got they're not only bad at it themselves but they've got these horrible little toddlers running around going mental as well <laughs> but mark has kind of a mark and sophie like we said are sitting directly behind the muggers and the muggers are just being like terrible humans and sophie is kind of like oh that kid in the baseball hat is driving me crazy and mark just starts his like temperature or temperature his temper starts you know building up and building up and he's like what kind of person am i sitting here watching a film in the company of a man who robbed me you know if my dad was here he'd call me big jesse and his incredibly unfunny gay voice <laughs> and he just keeps you know he just keeps like uh, you know he just keeps like working himself up and he's like i'm not gonna take it i'm not gonna take it anymore and then he just reaches over and he just punches the shit out of um out of the mugger it's, yeah it's, it's like very... the last 20 years of anger are coming out i think for mark at this point because he oh, makes yeah. a reference doesn't he to have it oh, yeah. his parker on backwards at school and terence woo take the hood over his face and you just yeah. feel like yeah it's 20 years of anger is just coming out on this mugger now yeah and, and mark just wallops the shit out of him and the the mugger turns around and looks at him and mark is like Ah, that's what you get for rustling your popcorn too <laughs> bloody loud. <laughs> so they get thrown out, don't they? And they end up going through the like the fire exit. Mm-hmm. And they're they're out behind the movie theater, and Sophie is just like giggling and laughing, and she's like, "Oh, Mark, I can't believe you did that. We didn't even get through the trailers." <laughs> and he's like, "Shouldn't have been rustling the popcorn so loud." And they start kissing and Mark is excited because Captain Corrigan starts <laughs> reporting for for orders. And um, of course, as with everything in Mark's life, anything that's going good has to have an equal and opposite bad. Because Sophie is like, oh, what's that in your pocket? And Mark's just like, Captain Corrigan <laughs> reporting for orders. And she's like, no, no, the other thing. And he's like, oh, this? This is my friend, Mr. Cutty Knife. In case... Why does he pull it out, though? Why does he pull the knife out? Oh, I couldn't figure that part out either, but the funny... The thing that cracks me up in this scene is that he's, like, waving the mark... Or, oh, Jesus. 
let me start over again. The thing that really cracks me up in this scene is that he's just waving the knife in front of Sophie, like, the entire time. Like, he's waving it in her face and everything. It's great. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, um, um, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. There's, you just say, oh, that's my pen knife, or, I don't know, you wouldn't get the knife out and start waving at her. Oh, I know, and, um, and she's just like, you carry a knife, Mark? What the fuck? And he's like, oh, sure, they like the hitting, but there's a <laughs> massive taboo of stabbing. Yeah, because he previously thinks, doesn't he, that she loves violence, and they probably all do, really, which made me laugh, because he's so clueless about women. And I love it when you see sort of a, the inner workings of Mark's mind, that he's, like, piecing together all these things that he thinks women are into, and violence is now one of them. <laughs> I'm, sure there are, I'm sure there are women out there who get off on... Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm sure there are women there who are impressed when, you know, their boyfriends or whatever, um, you know, engage in Definitely, acts of violence. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure there are, for sure. But um, it marks, marks sort of the way he kind of has this jigsaw going about what women want and the bit. And it's never it's always a bit sort of like, yeah, that, that some women are into that. But he kind of makes up this jigsaw of what women want that's completely wrong. <laughs> um i like when i like when he talks about how he wants to learn kickboxing but he doesn't have the time so yeah. mr cutty knife is just a, actually a time-saving device yeah but sophie doesn't look convinced does she she looks she's just looking at him appalled yeah she looks absolutely horrified here um now we get to the final scene and jeremy is back at michelle's and jeremy has been beat up a little bit and michelle is kind of tending to him and <laughs> yeah he's got a cut lip and she's sort of dabbing it Mm -hmm. I like when he calls her a friendly Dalek. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's cold, cold and I'm feeling, but kind. Comforting. Yeah, yeah. she's cold but comforting. <laughs> kind of like a friendly Dalek. <laughs> and I had never watched Doctor Who the first time I watched this episode, so I was just like, oh, I don't really get it. But when I actually saw Dalek, I was like, oh, she is exactly like a friendly Dalek. Yeah, Daleks are so much a part of our national culture that, yeah, that, that joke completely hits home immediately. Yeah, Jeremy especially, I think, has mentioned Daleks a few times in this. Yeah, maybe he's a secret series. Doctor Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, that is true. Yeah. I wish I wish we could have gotten an exterminate joke somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she then, Michelle was tending to his cut lip, and she reveals that it's time to do her, or to continue the sex odyssey. And Jeremy says something along the lines of that, oh, but we did that. And she's like, well, we did your one. Now it's time for mine. <laughs> and she just, is she wearing a dressing gown? She opens the dressing gown to reveal a massive strap on. Oh God, it's, this, this scene is so funny because it's just so random. Yeah, you know? it's so bizarre. And <laughs> why would you not have brought that up that this is what you're intending to do with the evening? Like Again, there's no preamble. They're not having a glass of wine first. She's just going straight to the strap on. But the whole time this is the whole time this is happening, like the build up to her actually like revealing that she has the strap on, it's it's you know a couple seconds long, and Jeremy's just like, uh, no, I'm tired, I'm not in the mood, and then um, as she spins around with the with the strap on, she's like, well, I think the lady doth protest too much, <laughs> and so just kind of a bit like earlier on with the deciding that he can't possibly spit up with her now he's kind of resigned to it he sort of sighs and he thinks well maybe it'll be better if i just imagine that it's stew yeah i'll imagine that it's lovely stew oh i 
I actually really like the line right before this where he's like, it was a deal of sorts, I suppose. <laughs> Don't want to get a reputation as being a deal welcher. It might stop me from getting a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. As if Jace is ever going to get a mortgage as well. I know. That's what I thought, too. I was like, why, why is he concerned about getting a fucking mortgage? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's, that's off the table. Yeah. So what did you, overall, what did you think of this episode? So, yeah, I think it's a funny opener to a, a funny series. And I, we've said this before, but I think Series 3 is a real... It's a really strong series. Um, although, looking at it now, there's some serious problems with, like, context. We we kind of... We are thrown into it without knowing much about... Like, we don't know who Michelle is. We've not met Big Sue's. Nothing's tied up from the previous series when you consider that in the last episode, he's married to Nancy and she's living in the flat and now she's nowhere to be seen and not mentioned at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you think of it? I kind of wish we would have gotten just like a one-line little throwaway, like, oh, can't believe I've been living with Michelle since Nancy ran off to join that hippie commune or something Yeah, yeah, like I think that. it just needs, like you say, it just needs something, just one line, just to clear that up for us. And I think that this becomes... Again, like not to give too much away about what happens, but this becomes more of a problem as Peep Show continues. Is like each season re- like resets itself almost, like they get reset. Mm-hmm. So, and th- this is definitely um, there's an element of that here that we're like almost meant to forget everything that came before. But, um, but you know, it's a funny episode. And it's got loads of great funny lines and funny asides, and I do remember liking it very much when it first aired and being very excited for the rest of the series and this was the point at which a lot more people were watching it and the night that this this was on the night before I was working at a convention in central London and I remember it being like the talk of the convention everyone had watched it everyone was like have you seen this thing that's like this new thing because it was I think it was in a new time slot I think it was on at like 10 o'clock on a Friday but it hadn't previously been so it was definitely a it was a it was a talking point and people were enjoying it that's really interesting to hear because i mean again i don't really have that perspective on it so i'm glad that you're here to to give me that perspective mm. one thing and i don't i feel stupid now because it's so blatantly obvious but i feel stupid that i never realized how parallel mark and jeremy's stories are this episode yeah that i agree with you that i was when i was thinking about it i was like oh yeah they, they're going through like the same thing and like the the kind of the violence and the the needing to prove themselves as like men almost and that but I agree with you that I hadn't until I actually sat down and was like making notes hadn't thought of it yeah I was I was like oh my gosh both both Mark and Jeremy have this built up anger where they punch somebody to impress a woman yeah you know I think um I think maybe this is I mean there's definitely an argument for this all the way through that even though they're really opposite in loads of ways, there were loads of similarities about markages and and definitely that kind of like built up pent up anger is a problem for both of them. I think we have a new segment that we're gonna start doing this show. Um, I'm kind of this one kind of just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Was very funny actually that on the JLB Survivors group, a gentleman named Donnie Taylor, who didn't even know this podcast existed, just said he was going to start his own peep show odyssey where he was going to track the food and drink that ever that's eaten in every episode which seems like such a you know like a, a unless maybe he's like a cook or a chef or something like that it's yeah it's quite I, random isn't it because when i mentioned it to my husband he was like 
but they don't eat or drink in it. And I was like, when you look, they eat and drink loads. But I agree with you that it's it's a weird thing to focus on. But Donnie, we appreciate you focusing on it so that we don't have <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so Donnie is going to pr- provide us every episode with a recommended meal for <laughs> each episode laura if you'd like to start and tell us what the light appetizer should be for this episode so the light appetizer is a bit of gourmet popcorn lightly salted extra rustled <laughs> for the main course we want to have a savory fish pie delicately garnished with a bit of parsley <laughs> um as an american i'm no expert on fish pie but i'll do my best and that's all anyone can ask it is indeed <laughs> um and we want to serve that fish pie with a mixture of two, not to be confused with three different flavors of Chris. Um, Donnie recommends Texas barbecue Pringles and kettle chips with creamy ranch dip to complement the barbecue flavor nicely. And for the drink, we want to have a tall jug of milk to wash it all down with. Oh, I'm feeling sick just looking at this menu. And, um, and the, the uh, dessert is Cadbury Dairy Milk, just as it comes, plain. That sounds delish. Yeah, it sounds lovely. I'm just looking at this and thinking about how it looks like a a day when I was pregnant. Like, I suffer from really (laughs) bad sickness when I was pregnant. On the days I wasn't being sick, I used to eat the most insane concoctions, and they looked a little bit like this, so, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Um, Do you want to talk about the next... You you want to talk about the next new little reoccurring segment we're going to be having here um about twitter yeah the yeah. twitter segment okay so um i have been trying to make our twitter interesting and you know trying to kind of come up with interesting content and come up with stuff but we've been managing to connect with quite a few people um connected with people show which has been really good and um it's been great chatting to people and we mentioned steve edge last week um and we've also had a few um, occasions where we've had back and forth with Matt King, who played Superhands. And he, you were messaging him, actually, weren't you, about mm-hmm. um, some stuff. And he said that he would come on the show if we got 5,000 followers, which is kind of a bit of a distant dream at the moment because we've only got 343 <laughs> <laughs> unless so. unless that's gone up in the next couple of uh, last couple of hours um so <laughs> so we need your help we need uh you to help tweet about us and recommend us to your friends and even if you've got friends who've got twitter but don't care about people show we want them following us as well so even if you have to cre- create twitter for your nan create twitter for dead people like i'm not really bothered who you're creating twitter for but we need those 5k followers so we can get matt king on so we're going to be pushing this really hard. I'm going to be pushing this this week. And uh, yeah, we need everybody's help. We're Like Laura said, we're at, at 343. So we need 4,657 <laughs> more Twitter followers to go. And we don't want to like but, buy them like Beyonce did because we don't have that sort of money. So unless our groceries get onto us with a massive sponsorship deal after we plugged them earlier. So, you know, we need real Twitter followers here. But... He has said that he will come on to the show, uh, talk about, you know, kind of what he's been up to. And he also said that he would talk, do a super hands redo. So that would um, be brilliant. We we need that to happen. It definitely seems like a distant dream, (laughs) but I think that Peep Show has such an awesome community that it's an achievable one. Yeah, I think, I think so. I agree with you. I think we could, it might take a while, but I think we could make this happen. So 
come on peep show fans make this happen yeah and you know as much as i'm sure laura and i are excited about talking to matt king really we want to just do it for all of you so you guys can ask matt king your questions you know yeah he's a he is an absolutely awesome character aside from Superhands, you know seeing it on twitter the stuff he talks about he's clearly a really funny guy and i think it would be really great for peach show fans to hear his perspective on loads of things so that'd be ace he also has a website where he sells his own merch yeah it's a great merch yeah he bleeds he bleeds (laughs) Bleeds merch merch. Um, yeah it is superhandsgear.com um, he's got some great t-shirts on there, all very funny. He actually has a Moorish tote bag that I thought was great. Yeah, my husband was super excited to hear this was a thing, and he is considering buying the Moorish t-shirt. So it's um, they're, they're really good t-shirts. They're really great. Uh, the, one and... that I... Sorry, go the one that I want is the green one that's unfortunately sold out right now. But Yeah, see, it's hard for girls because they don't really... There's not really anything like for wear. I know we can wear t-shirts, but like I wear a lot of dresses and stuff. I don't really wear jeans, so it's hard for me. I might get the tote bag. That'd be that'd suit me. I could put my marking in it, and the kids would be like, "What's what's Moorish?" Did you see <laughs> that it's actually called a toke bag? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. That did make me laugh a lot. Um, but yeah, there's some really great great stuff on there actually. So worth yeah. a look. Yeah, please go ahead and check it out. In I'm sure most of the people that have found us through. Matt King's Twitter is aware that he already has that merch site, but yes, please check out the merch site. Um, tell him we sent you. Yeah, I don't know. So, the, yeah. um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was that um, on the 12th of August, I'm going to the Peep Show night at the Dalston Cinema that we talked about, and I know that um, there are some other fans going as well, but there is a Q&A with the director um, of Series 1, and I spoke to the cinema, uh, I was messaging a lovely lady there, and she said that I'm cool to take notes and to uh, do some recording of the Q&A. So if anyone has got oh, any questions really? that... Did I not tell you this? I thought I told you no, this. Oh, that's oh. awesome. Yeah, so she said that was fine. The director's fine with it, but I need help with a question. So I'm sure, Sean, that you'll be able to come up with something. But if anyone's got any questions for the director of Series 1 then please tweet them at us because I don't know what I'm going to ask him. I don't know what my question is going to be yet. Oh my God. No, you hadn't told, you hadn't told us about that. I'm sorry. You, I, thought I thought I messaged you about it. I must've, it must've. Oh, no, that's, a, no, you must've done that on, did that happen on your actual Twitter page? Actually, they got in touch with me via Facebook because they saw that I had that on the, on the, on our page on Facebook, I had, I'd like written something about it and I tagged them in it. And they then found me on Facebook and messaged me that way. It was just a lady who works there. But oh. it sounds like it's going to be a really cool night. And um, the organisers are going to have t-shirts on that say uh, cock munchers, apparently, which made me laugh a lot. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's incredible. So you said that they're going to let you record it? Yes, they said that I can um, record the Q&A with the director and I can like take notes oh. on whatever happens. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to take some photos and stuff as well and put them on the website. So... I'm going oh on my, gosh, I'm going on my own, so if anyone is um, going and is also going on their own and wants a friend, I'm very much available for friendship <laughs> <laughs> on the night, so please get in touch with me. Um, I've got like a, I do know someone that's going, but I'm not actually going with them like 
I just am going on my own. So I'll be excited to talk to anyone who's there. Please get in touch. And if you bump into Laura there, you can get one of our cool L Dude Brothers podcast business cards. Yeah, I got an email today from um, Vistaprint saying they were on their way. So very much. Oh my much god, I am them. so excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, let's see here. That's everything that I had. Did you have anything else? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Once again. We are unfortunately going to be on break next week. Someone's well, on holiday. Someone's someone's going to be lazing about in the sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to like at least take pictures when I'm in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter <laughs> to share on the Facebook page so everybody can see what a nerd I am. Um, so no episode next week, but we will be back in two weeks with sectioning, which is one of my favorite episodes. I was going to say one of my favorite episodes of all the seasons and probably my favorite episode of this series i'm really looking forward to talking about that mm -hmm. yeah i'm really excited to talk about sectioning so mm -hmm. that will be this episode is going to be coming out august 9th excuse me not august 9th august august, 3rd. august 3rd yeah and then we will be back excuse, august 2nd sorry yeah so this episode's coming out August 2nd, and then we will be back on the 16th with sectioning. Cool. All right, this is the L Dude Brothers signing off. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. I am in loco parentis. I am the last remaining contestant on The Apprentice. I am the home trained dentist. Ay, 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 ay,